Welcome to Hometown Paranormal, where everything is fake and nothing is real, but every hometown gets its own paranormal story. My name is Kristen Kozlowski, and I am the creator of this podcast. For every episode, I will make up a strange paranormal story set in an actual place and tell it to you. Thank you for joining me for Ghosttober, where every week for the month of October, I tell a new ghost story to celebrate spooky season. So let's get started. As always, thank you for tuning in and thank you for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map. Today's episode is The Laughter of Ellsworth, Maine. The grandfather clock was the last piece of furniture standing inside the small house in Ellsworth, Maine. Emily Jones had hired a moving company to move her dad's things to her house after he passed away. The couch he just bought last spring, the giant television that hung on the living room wall, the kitchen table and chairs. Emily had made a list for the moving company, the beveled mirror from the entryway, the extra refrigerator from the attached garage, her dad's laptop. Emily took the bookshelves, but left her dad's old paperback books in teetering piles on the floor. She took the vintage dressers, but left the framed photographs in a stack on the bedroom windowsill. She took her mom's wedding ring, which her dad had hung on to all these years, and she took the baseball autograph by Cy Young that her dad kept in a glass case on the fireplace mantel. If it had monetary value, Emily loaded it into the moving van. The movers were loading the last of the list into the truck as Emily stood in the entryway to the house her dad had lived in for the last 50 years, the house he died in just last month. Grandfather clock stood facing the door just as it had when Emily was a little girl. It stood tall like a soldier guarding the house. Emily had never liked the clock. That was her sister's thing. Emily's sister, Larissa, had loved that old clock. When she was small, Larissa would sit with her back leaning against the clock just to feel the vibration of the swinging pendulum. Larissa would beg their dad to let her help him wind the clock. Emily remembered watching from the other room as her dad would lift her little sister onto his shoulders and open up the clock face so that Larissa could wind the clock with its shiny crank and set the time with her tiny fingers. Winding the clock was one of Larissa's favorite activities. Emily couldn't care less about the old thing, but Larissa adored it. So when the girl's dad died suddenly in his sleep and Emily announced that they needed to clear out the house and sell it, Larissa had asked to take one thing from the house and one thing only the grandfather clock that her dad and her had loved so much. As Emily stood before the massive clock, she tilted her head and wondered what her dad and her sister saw in the old thing. To Emily, it was nothing but a relic, an outdated monstrosity from a time better off forgotten. But still, something tugged at Emily. Was it jealousy that her sister had shared a love of something with their dad 
that Emily never would? Was it longing for something to have in common with her dad? Or was it just childish snobbery? It's hard to say, but in the end, Emily called the movers into the house to collect one last item, the grandfather clock. Emily knew that Larissa wanted the clock, and she knew that it was the only thing in the house that Larissa had asked to take with her. But Emily also knew that Larissa didn't like confrontation. If Emily took the grandfather clock today, Larissa would never ask Emily for it. It's not on the list, the mover said, when Emily gestured towards the clock. Yes, but it will fit was all Emily replied. And so the movers gathered to collect the grandfather clock and load it into the moving truck. One man grabbed the moving dolly and one man positioned himself beside the tall clock and prepared to walk the clock onto the dolly so it could be wheeled out to the moving truck. The man wrapped his big strong arms around the clock so that he could move it onto the dolly. On the count of three, the man bent his legs, tightened his grip on the clock, exhaled a giant puff of air, and lifted. But the clock didn't budge. Surprised, the big man bent his legs again and adjusted his grip on the clock, exhaled a puff of air, and lifted. But again, the clock didn't move. It didn't even wiggle. Was it bolted to the floor? Stepping away from the clock, the man tilted it, trying to see if it was bolted to the floor, but the clock did tilt just enough to see that there were no bolts beneath it. But why could the man, who lifted tables and chairs and dressers and couches all day long, not be able to lift this one grandfather clock? One of the man's co-workers grew impatient, and he pushed the big man out of the way. He didn't want to waste any more time with this, and so the second man positioned himself to lift the clock. But when he tried, he found that he couldn't lift it either. The second man tried a second time, and this time when he tried, he heard the sound of laughter circle around him. It was a deep laugh one that the man had never heard before. The man grew even more irritated, and so he tried again, turning red in the face with effort and using all of his strength, but still the grandfather clock would not move. And again, the man heard deep laughter circle around him. If you think it's so funny, you try, the man said to his co-workers. But when he looked at his co-workers, he saw that they were not laughing at him. In fact, they were looking around as if they were trying to find out where the laughter was coming from as it echoed off the walls. Their faces were pale. Their eyes looked worried. Soon the laughter died down and so another man tried to lift the old clock and again the clock didn't move and again a deep laughter rang out around the men. The movers bent over, breathing heavy from their effort, and all around them a deep laughter boomed. It penetrated their ears and turned their stomachs cold. There was something inhuman about the laughter, something 
unfriendly. The laughter unnerved the men, who began to search the house to find who it was that was laughing at them. But the house was empty of everyone, except Emily and the movers. The movers already knew that none of them were laughing. They had been huddled together as each man tried to lift the clock and would have easily seen if one of them were the culprit. And Emily couldn't be the source of the laughter because she had a soft voice, a woman's voice, and the laughter was the deep laugh of a man. In total, four men tried to move the old clock and four men failed to move it and the deep laughter that erupted every time one of the men tried to lift the clock grew louder and louder and lasted longer and longer until it became one steady stream of laughter that bounced off the walls and echoed all around them until the men grew frightened and abandoned the clock in the entryway and ran out of the house, slamming the front door behind them. And still, as they ran to the moving van, they heard the laughter echoing out of the house and following them down the driveway as they pulled away. And so, Emily did not take her dad's old grandfather clock with her. Emily thought about telling her sister what happened that day, how the big, strong movers couldn't lift the clock, and how someone or something seemed to laugh at them every time they tried, but she decided not to. The clock was Larissa's problem, Emily thought, and she left it at that. And so, two days later, Larissa and her tall, thin husband keyed into Larissa's dad's house. There, in the entryway, just where it had always stood, was the grandfather clock. Larissa smiled at the clock because just looking at it reminded her of her dad and all of the wonderful times they had winding the clock together. As Larissa's husband left to get the dolly he'd brought to move the clock home with them, Larissa walked through her dad's home one last time. From the teetering stack of her dad's paperback books that Emily had left on the floor, Larissa took her dad's favorite one, a Stephen King novel. And from the stack of framed photographs that Emily had left on the bedroom windowsill, Larissa took a photo of her dad in his dark Air Force uniform when he was a young man. She took one of her dad's flannel shirts from his closet, which smelled like his laundry detergent, a deep, fresh scent, and she took the rosary that he'd left on the kitchen counter. By the time Larissa had made her way back to the entryway, her husband stood beside the grandfather clock. Steady the dolly, he said, and I'll walk the clock onto it. So Larissa steadied the dolly while her husband positioned himself beside the grandfather clock. He looked even thinner than usual, standing beside the tall wooden clock. And maybe he was too skinny to lift the great clock. But he loved Larissa very much, and he was willing to give it his best shot. So he bent his knees and put his arms around the clock and exhaled a puff of air and lifted the grandfather clock onto the dolly. With Larissa's help, he strapped the clock to the dolly 
and pushed it through the front door and across the driveway to where the small moving van he'd rented was waiting. Larissa stood in the entryway and looked at the empty spot where the tall clock had stood, and she felt a twinge of sadness deep inside her chest. But then she felt something warm fall over her shoulder, something the size of a hand, the size of her dad's hand. It felt warm and reassuring on her shoulder. It felt comforting. And when she inhaled, she could smell her dad's laundry detergent, a deep, fresh scent. Instinctively, Larissa turned her head to the side, expecting to see her dad standing next to her like he had so many times before. But she didn't see anyone. Slowly, the pressure on her shoulder faded, and the scent of her dad's laundry detergent faded. But just because Larissa didn't see her dad that day doesn't mean that she didn't believe that he was there. She did believe he was there. She believed that he joined her in his house that day, that he'd come to say goodbye. Goodbye to the house. Goodbye to the clock. Goodbye to Larissa. And for Larissa, that was enough. That's it for this episode of Hometown Paranormal. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to my podcast, leave a review, and tell a friend about it. If you'd like to get a hold of me, or if you'd like to have your hometown featured on Hometown Paranormal, you can send me a message on Instagram at hometown.paranormal or on Twitter at HTParanormal. As a reminder, at Hometown Paranormal, every story is a work of fiction, so any resemblance to real-life people or events is purely coincidental. The only factual piece of information I use is the name of the town and state. I will have one more episode for you this month to finish off Ghosttober. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll be the first to hear the new story. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and thank you for putting Hometown Paranormal on the map.